that the old man was a fool for not riding. So to please them, he climbed on the animal's back and started riding. When they came to the next village, the people said the old man was cruel to let the child walk while he enjoyed the ride. So to please them, he got off, put the boy on the animal's back, and continued on his way. They came to a third village, and the people accused the child of being lazy and disrespectful to the old man. And the suggestion was made that they both ride. So the man climbed on the donkey's back. And they set off again. They came to a fourth village, and the townspeople were indignant at the cruelty to the donkey because he was made to carry two people. The frustrated man was last seen carrying the donkey down the road. We laugh at that, but it shows that you can't please everybody, and if you try you will end up carrying a heavy load. And and that is so true in life, and yet <clears throat> that is often what we do. Now, if you were to answer, who are you trying to please? <clears throat> we know we're sitting in church and we'd say, well, I'm trying to please the Lord. But often our lives are built around pleasing either someone else or many someone else's or pleasing ourselves. We know from the change to his image, there's only two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. And Paul addressed this. This morning we looked at verses 1 through 9 and him saying, if they preach any other gospel, and he came on very hard uh, in rebuking the church, the churches at Galatia. And then in verse 10, he just, they were questioning his authority and everything. In verse 10 of chapter 1, he said, for, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a servant of God. Now, Paul had come to grips, and, and his life had, had manifested this. He was living to satisfy the Jewish leaders and was doing a good job of pleasing them, but then he met Christ. Christ transformed his own life. And the Jerusalem believers, the Jewish believers, uh, were a little leery about Paul and weren't sure about him and taking the gospel to the Gentiles. And then then they got on board with that. And then all throughout his ministry, he ran into people that did not agree with his ministry, vehemently opposed his ministry, And Paul was able to say, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, that I may finish the course that God has given me. His desire, it really didn't matter what they thought about him, it mattered what Christ thought about him. And his desire was to please Christ. Now, 
in realizing this, we have to realize that, first of all, in our flesh, no person can please Christ. It begins by faith. And Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we must have the foundation that we talked about this morning, the foundation of Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ. And, and then it is important that we establish in our life, my desire is to please God. And, and I just want, I, I, I'm not going to go over tonight how to please God, but I want to encourage you, living to please God will do a number of things in our life. Number one, it will solve the self-worth problem. Realizing that we were designed by God, that God has a specific purpose for us, that He gave His Son to specifically pay the penalty for our sins, and He gave His Spirit to dwell within us, and understanding, this is a great study, Understanding all that we are in Christ makes us realize, I don't need to worry about my self-worth. I have God-worth. And my purpose is to please God. I don't get self-worth because they think well of me or another group thinks well of you or, or anything like that. You have God-worth because God thinks well of you. And, and we are social creatures, and by nature, from even a young, young age, we are concerned what other people think about us. And, and many times, we get our worth out of numerous things. Some people get their worth out of their work, some out of their family, some out of their possessions, and and all of those things are fleeting and disappearing. But when we are living to please God, it doesn't matter what other people think. We have our self-worth because of our relationship with God. It secondly brings great freedom. It simplifies life. I mean, we, we laugh at the illustration of the guy going through the different villages and everything they thought. But all throughout life, in this situation, this is what people will think. And this is what you ought to do to please them. And this situation, it will be a little different. And, and as fluid as our culture is nowadays, you can't keep up with it. But there is great freedom in, in realizing, I have one master... He is never changing, and I can live to please Him. I mean, it simplifies things, and and we'll get to it in a little bit, the ramifications of that. Everyone is servant to someone. Why not be servant to the very best master of all? And to live to please Him. It gives great confidence when you know you're doing what the boss told you to do, you've been on a job and the boss told you to do something and 
someone else came along and said, why are you doing that? And what do you say? The boss told me to do it. It gives great confidence. Why are you doing that? God told me to do it. He's the boss. It gives great boldness. I know this is what God wants me to do. I'm living to please him. Thirdly, it brings peace. Proverbs 16 and verse 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. There comes great peace in our life when we are committed to pleasing God. It is easier to please God than it is to please others. And there is great peace in our life When we please God, we open ourselves up for um, disappointments and discouragements and defeat when we are trying to please others. Why? It, it It will always be a failing proposition. They will not respond in the expectations we thought. We won't live up to their expectations. But it gives great peace knowing that that you are doing what God wants you to do right now. And whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. It is. It is great, great peace in our life when we live to please him. Third, fourthly, it produces growth. I am responsible To obey God. As a believer, I've laid the foundation. I don't obey Him to get to heaven because I'm going to heaven. I obey Him. And I want to obey Him. I want to please Him. And I am responsible for obedience. And obedience will produce growth. You obey the Holy Spirit, it will produce growth in your life. And, and, it, it simplifies things, and it makes it possible for there to be growth. Paul wrote to the, to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians and chapter 4 and verse 1. He said, Brethren, we urge and exhort you through the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more as you receive from us how you ought to walk and please the Lord. Walk to please the Lord and you will abound more and more. It will, it will produce growth in your life. Throughout the scriptures, it, we're, we're exhorted to live, to please Him over and over again. We don't need to worry about the results. That's God's business. Our concern is to obey Him. That obedience will be pleasing to Him. Living to please God will also build your home. Psalm 127 and verse 1 says, Except the Lord build the house, we labor in vain that build it. God is the master builder. Now see, sometimes we think, well, if I live to please God, then I'm disregarding my wife or on my job I'm living to please God and I'm disregarding the boss. Shouldn't I be living to please the boss? 
If I'm living to please God, it will make me a better husband. It will make me a better father. Living to please God must be first and foremost. You live to please your spouse alone, and you will be sadly disappointed. But if you live to please God, God will instruct you how to be the husband, how to be the wife, how to be the father, the mother, the child, and, and it will take care of everything. The same, is, the same is true in our work relationships. The same is true in our community. What would God want me to do in this? You live to please God. Would God want me to speak evil about my boss? Well, absolutely not. Would God want me to speak to my wife in that tone and that attitude? See, living to please God. Pleasing human beings, we are fickle, we are changing, and it gives great peace knowing that you're living to please God. It will build your home. And... It will, it will build every other area of your life. There, this is an application of Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Or can we say it like this? Live to please God first and foremost, and all these other things will be taken care of. There is, there is, I can't emphasize enough, there is great liberty in, in pleasing God. And, and it will build our life. Do you understand, most people get caught up in addictive behaviors. Let's say alcohol and drug addiction, for example. Most people, how do they get into it in the first place? They get into it because they're worried what others think. Oh, come on, do this. And they're doing it to please others. Nobody gets into it and says, I think I want to be a drug addict. Often, they are, they are brought into Satan's traps with sin because we're worried what others think. Often, uh, young people... And adults um, fail in the moral area because they're, they're looking to please self or please others or what will this person think. Listen, to have the courage and conviction and the faithfulness to say, you know what, all that matters to me is pleasing God. I've read several believers that are athletes and are um, performers in various areas, and they say, you know what? I play for an audience of one. Yeah, but what about your coach? If you take care of God, it'll take care of the coach. And if it doesn't take care of the coach, you don't need that coach in your life then. It's better to please God than it is man. And the reality is, 
This simplifies life. God, I today want to live my life in such a manner to please you. Living to please God will also guarantee rewards for eternity. Second Timothy chapter 4, Paul said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. Therefore, there is laid up for me in heaven a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me in that day, and not to me only, but unto all those who love his appearing. When you live to please God, you can actually hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I can't think of anything that can match to that statement of hearing the Lord Jesus Christ say, well done. It doesn't matter what others think about you or about your lifestyle. It matters what God thinks. Brilliant young concert piano player was performing for the first time in public and the audience sat enthralled as the music just flowed from his disciplined fingers. The people could hardly take their eyes off this young virtuoso and and finally, as he concluded, the audience burst into applause and everyone was standing except the old man, one old man in front. The young piano player walked off the stage and the stage manager met him and noticed that his countenance was completely down and defeated and and he said, what's wrong? Didn't you, didn't you see everyone was on their feet except one old man? And the young piano player said dejectedly, yes, but that one old man is my teacher. All that mattered to him was to please his teacher. Jesus Christ is not our teacher. Jesus Christ is our Savior. And it doesn't matter what they say, what people say about you at your funeral. Number one, you're not going to be there to hear it anyway. You know, it's always amazing. At my funeral, I want this. You know, well, it's nice to let your family know kind of your wishes and things. But don't worry. You're not going to be there. It doesn't really much matter. But it doesn't. All the people in the world can praise you, but what really matters is what not our teacher thinks, but what our Savior thinks. That's what's going to matter. And you know, throughout all the ages, there have been people that, that apparently, from other people's perspective, threw their lives away. What a shame for this young man to die because of his crazy beliefs for this Jesus Christ. But 
Jesus Christ was well pleased with it. And in the bottom line, that is all that matter. What does Jesus Christ think? And regardless of your situation in your life, every one of us can live to bring delight to God's heart. And what a joy it is. What, what liberation it brings in our life. What fruit it produces. What peace it produces. When that's our goal. I just want, not that I'm happy with how the day went. God, are you happy with today? And to rejoice in that. It's easier to please God than it is to please man. Heavenly Father, thank you for the testimony of the Apostle Paul. Thank you for the reality that he encourages us to not live to please man, because if we do, then we are not the servant of you. And Lord, I pray that every one of us hearing this tonight would have the freedom that comes when we live to please you. That we would have the peace, that we would have the fruit in our life, And Lord, I pray truly that each of us hearing this tonight, by faith in Jesus Christ, could someday stand before you and hear you say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that we could lay any and all rewards at your feet and say, It is by your grace alone. So Lord... Encourage those that maybe tonight are in a difficult situation. Lord, would you simplify that situation for them by helping them just to live to please you. Lord, I pray tonight for those that may be weary. Lord, help them to see your face and to be strengthened by your pleasure. Lord, I pray for those that are at a crossroads in life and not sure which way to go and and voices from the old flesh and from other people pulling them here and there. Lord, may they hear the voice of your Spirit through your Word clearly. And may they know the joy of living to please you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And we ask for your power to please you. Amen. Live.